Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael Cox teaches on Turn Your Eyes Toward Jesus. Let's jump in. I had a different title for this morning, but that last song was so good. So let's just say, turn our eyes upon Jesus. How about that? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. If you'll turn to me to Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9. Got Bibles, it takes you a minute. If you got your phone, you just typed it in probably. You're already there. Thank you for joining us at home. It's good to have everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful morning. It's a great time to worship together, study the word together. Isaiah 9, let's start in verse 2. Those who walked in darkness have seen a radiant light shining upon them. They once lived in the shadows of death, but now a glorious light has dawned. Lord, you have multiplied the nation and given them overwhelming joy. They are ecstatic in your presence and rejoice like those who bring in great harvest and those who divide up the spoils of victory. For you have broken the chains that have bound your people and lifted off the heavy bar across their shoulders. The rod, the oppressor used against them, you have shattered all their bondage, just as you did when Midian's armies were defeated. Every boot of marching troops and every uniform caked with blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. A child has been born for us. A son has been given to us. The responsibility of complete dominion will rest on his shoulders and his name will be the wonderful one, the extraordinary strategist, the mighty God, the father of eternity, the prince of peace. Great and vast is his dominion. He will bring immeasurable peace and prosperity. He will rule on David's throne and over David's kingdom to establish and uphold it by promoting justice and righteousness from this time forward and forevermore. The marvelous passion that the Lord Yahweh, commander of angel armies, has for his people will ensure that it is finished. The passion that he has for us will ensure that he is finished. There'll be no end to the increase of his government, and he is come to establish complete dominion. Isn't that exciting? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look at Isaiah 42, 16. I will lead those who are blind by a way they have not known. In past they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn darkness into light before them and uneven land into plains. These are the things I will do and I will not leave them undone. I will finish. I will not leave them undone. I will turn darkness into light and uneven land into plains. Isaiah 60, 1 through 3, rise up. In splendor and be radiant, for your light has dawned. And Yahweh's glory now streams from you. Look carefully. Darkness blankets the earth. A thick gloom covers the nations, but Yahweh arises upon you. And the brightness of his glory appears over you. Nations will be attracted to your radiant light and kings to the sunrise glory of your new day. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who will not stop until it's done, who will not quit until it's finished. I will complete what I've started. Matthew 4, 16, you who spend your days shrouded in darkness can now say we have seen a brilliant light. And those who live in the dark shadow land of death can now say 
the dawning light arises on us. The dawning, can y'all just say that with me? The dawning light arises on us. One more time. The dawning light arises on us. John 8, 12. We're just laying some groundwork. Just ha- hang on with me for a minute. John 8, 12. Then Jesus said, I am light to the world. And those who embrace me will experience life-giving light. And they will never, say never, never, never walk in darkness. I am the light. Those that walk in me, embrace me, will have life-giving light. They will never, never, never walk in darkness. You know what never is in the Greek? Never. You're right. So he is the light. The dawn has come. Arise and shine. The one has kept his word. And has shone upon us. We just walked through the Old Testament. Coming into the New Testament. And he is faithful to be the light. John 12, 36. So believe and cling to the light while I am with you so that you will become children of the light. After saying this, Jesus then entered into the crowd and hid himself from them. So he is the light. Those that believe in him and embrace him will become children of the light. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and become like him. Shine bright. 1 Peter 2.9. We've read this one several times over the last few weeks. But you are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. Now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. So we have to look to Jesus. We have to encounter Jesus. We have to experience Jesus so that we become like Jesus and we become sons of light so that we can show forth his praises and his glorious light among the nations. Amen? So he is the light. Matthew 5, 14 says you are the light. Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance, for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's a place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them, and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. So he is the light of the world. Cling to me, encounter me, experience me. You are the light of the world. So I just want to lay a foundation today that we're all on board that he is the light of the world. (laughs) And that we're called to be the light of the world. So what happens to that fruition? What happens to that coming to pass? How come sometimes we're not? How come we're not showing forth his glorious works? How come we're not turning everyone's praise into him? I was woken up earlier this week. One of the craziest downloads I've ever gotten. Three o'clock in the morning, woke up, stayed up till almost six o'clock in the morning, just writing about three pages of notes. And it was Crazy scientific stuff. I'm not a scientific person. I was looking up all kinds of stuff and researching, and I tried to make a note and say, research this tomorrow, and then I'm like, no, i got to do it right now. And so I was just trying to discover all kinds of stuff. So if you'll bear with my layman observations of science today, I want to make some comparisons that I think are highly effective in training us how to be more focused 
on the light. So there are ways that we can do that. So to do that, I want us to look. Can you guys throw our picture up? And you can pretty much just leave that up the rest of the time until, unless I have scriptures up. I was at my favorite place in the world a couple years ago. Sad, I have to say, a couple years ago. I didn't go this year. But favorite place is the beach. I love the beach. I love the ocean. I love to get up and watch the sunrise. And so I was doing that one morning, watching the sunrise. And uh, this is the, just one of the many pictures that I snapped. And God began to speak to me while I was at this sunrise and brought this back to my mind earlier this week. And, and so this is what I kind of want to talk about today. So I want us to... I want us to kind of focus on the sun as the sun, okay? Jesus, the sun, I want us to think of him as the sun, and I really don't think that's a far-off uh, analogy. I don't think it's just an analogy. I really think it's, like, in the heart of God. I think it's pretty wild. Let me just read you something, okay? Let me read you some heresy for just a minute. I like to preach heresy, but I think sometimes we need to talk about it just so we can expose it. How about that? Scientists believe that the solar system was formed, I love this, when a cloud of gas and dust in space was disturbed. It got disturbed. Cloud and... Uh, Dust and gas in space got disturbed. Just chilling, mind its own business, got disturbed. All right? Got disturbed, maybe by the explosion of a nearby star called a supernova. This explosion made waves in space, which squeezed the cloud of gas and dust. Waves. Waves squeeze. Did anybody have a wave squeeze? Waves push, but I've never seen waves squeeze. Okay? But these waves squeezed it. Squeeze the cloud and dust, but could something squeeze it? These scientists, man, if they just get a little bit of revelation, they wouldn't be far off, would they? Someone just said, man, there was just gas and dust and no form or void or nothing, and God just took his hands and just squished it together. Huh? But no, it was away from a supernova, and it squeezed it, and the squeezing made the cloud start to collapse. Oh, no! as gravity pulled the gas and dust together, forming a solar nebula. Just like a dancer that spins faster as she pulls her arms in, and the cloud began to spin as it collapsed. Eventually, the cloud grew hotter and denser in the center with a, risk, a disk of gas and dust surrounding it that was hot in the center but cold on the edges. As the disk got thinner and thinner, particles began to stick together and form clumps. Some clumps got bigger as particles and small clumps stuck to them, eventually forming planets or moons. Just boom. There it was. Near the center of the cloud where planets like Earth formed, only rock material could stand the great heat. Icy matter settled on the outer regions of the disk along with the rocky material where giant planets like Jupiter formed. As the cloud continued to fall in, the center eventually got so hot that it became a star, the sun, and blew most of the gas and dust of the solar system with a strong stellar wind. <clears throat> Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, isn't that pretty amazing that it's the same order? It is the same order. Created the heavens, solar system, and the earth. 
I could just so see God as the Spirit was just hovering over this chaos. And he just said, yeah, there was a disturbance. There's a disturbance. And his disturbance just said, here, let me make a sun. Let me spin it. Don't stop spinning until I tell you. Let me put the earth in direct proximity to that sun. Let me put the earth where it rotates on its axis and it rolls around the sun because of the sun's gravitational pull. If that wasn't there, the earth would just fly off on its own. But I'm telling you the complexities of how this little process is sitting. I don't know how any, I don't know how any atheist or a, any evolutionist or non-creationist gets out of bed in the morning. I'd be like, oh gosh. This is every single thing is just by chance. Like at any moment there could be another disturbance and it's over, right? I mean, good night, it's just a little disturbance. Made the whole world. And we haven't had any more of those disturbances that just totally destroy it. Isn't that crazy? Disturbance. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was a formless and desolate emptiness. And darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, what's the first thing he said? Phew. Sun shining. First thing he did, made light. Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, and one day. I love, we're not going to read all of Genesis. We don't have time for it. i got a lot more stuff to talk about. But if you go through talks about making the days and making all that stuff. It's like it's kind of a process. Make the sun, make the earth, spin the earth. You know what I mean? It's such a meticulous, methodical process that the Word of God just happens. Now, these scientists have just taken all these years to discover it, and the Word of God just had the order right from the beginning. Isn't that amazing? Scientists are so smart. <laughs> so, the sun, the earth revolves around the sun, not the opposite way around, like many of us think. And you know what? The nations operate around the kingdom, no matter what it looks like. The nation within the nations is really what the world operates around. If even people are allowed to stay here for another moment while rejecting him, it's because of his mercy to the ones that are within them. We get so caught up and think that, you know, we are subject to every disturbance when this whole thing is not, he's not revolving around it and we're asking him if he'll intervene. This all is revolving around him. Without him just holding us with that gravitational pull, the only thing, the only hope for the world is that there is a God. The only thing that is keeping us alive is the Spirit of God still drawing men to himself. That gravitational pull of the kingdom is why we're still living in this time of mercy. If that was done, we would be done. You see, in the Spirit, we would just be flying through into the abyss, and it would all be over except for the gravitational pull of the love of God that is withholding judgment. So he's holding us. So many times we get caught up and we begin to think it's all about other things and we, and we think he revolves around us, but we don't. He doesn't. We 
revolve around him. We corrupt things. We make things so trivial. We water things down. Numbers 21, 6 through 9, I just, we won't read that. Let me just paraphrase that. There was a time as an act of judgment that the Lord sent serpents, and serpents were biting the Israelites, and Moses interceded and asked God to have mercy, and he told him to fashion a bronze serpent and put it on a staff. And all those that would look at the staff would be cured and healed of the snake bite. If you go on to 2 Kings 18, King Hoshea, verse 3, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord in accordance with everything that his father David had done. He removed the high places and smashed the memorial stones to pieces and cut down the Asherah. These are all out of worship. And he also crushed to pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. He crushed to pieces the serpent that Moses had made. God told Moses to make this serpent. God used this serpent on this staff. Are you with me? Wait a minute. Are you with me? That's scary. Golly. He used this. For until those days, the sons of Israel had been burning incense to it. And called it Nahustan, bronze sculpture, creative. (laughs) They took something that God used, and they decided that they could make what God uses revolve around them. Only thing we can do with what God uses and speaks to us through is do whatever he tells us to do with it. It's just an instrument and a tool to bring healing. We can't take those things and use it to manipulate God into circling around us. Are you with me? It becomes an idol. It becomes a high place. It it becomes something that has to be torn down. See, we... Look, and this is what I, when I was out at this sunrise, you know, we call it the sunrise. And we call it the sunset. Anybody ever heard of that when uh, arise and shine, your light has come? Anybody ever heard morning fret, your light is set? The light has come. It's still here. So we look at this and we call it the sunrise and we're like, man, I can't wait to see the sunrise. And I'm watching the sunrise and we're sitting there thinking the sun is rising. The sun is rising. Oh, how amazing. The sun is rising over the water. How beautiful. The sun's not moving. We're moving. We're moving. You can't see the sun move. Move. And so we're moving, and the sun appears that it's rising, but we're just shifting, which is changing our perspective. And if we stay on the earth system, if we stay on the earth system before long, we'll say, which way did he go? He gone? What happened? I'm just sit, I can sit in the same place, same place. But if I'm on, I'm on the earth system and I sit in the same place, it's going to appear that he left me. But he didn't leave me. I left him. I left him. I just kept going. An object in motion remains in motion unless the disturbance happens. Right? I just kept going, and he's there. So how do we stop spinning with everything in the world where it changes our perspective, and now you see him, now you don't. Sundays are good, Mondays stink, right? 
This is a good day. Oh, I hope tomorrow's not a bad day. Today I'm going to survive. Tomorrow, oh God, why did you leave me and forsake me? Sometimes we need to get off this systems of the world. How can we stay focused? The more we learn to trust his faithfulness, the more we'll know how to find him. There's people that can tell what time it is by looking at the sun. I can't. But the sun dictates everything in their world, not the other way around. They can tell. They've studied the sun so much. They know. And it doesn't change. Here's this thing I want to present to us today. There's this area called the equatorial regions. Regions around the equator. And I believe this is such a picture of what believers' lives are supposed to look like. Equatorian, equatorial regions. Equatorial regions often experience a hot climate with little seasonal variation. Little seasonal, well, it's just the season I'm in. It's just the season I'm in. I hope this season ends. Little seasonal, little seasonal variation. Would anybody like in your spirit life to live in a place with less seasonal variation? Jesus cursed a fig tree even when it wasn't in season. I believe there's an opportunity for believers to produce fruit in every season if we will focus on the sun. If we will adjust ourselves and align ourselves to reside in close proximity to the sun. I believe we can have a hot climate in the spirit. I believe we can have a wet climate in the spirit. It is hot and it's wet. It's a rainy season for most of the year. It creates tropical rainforest. Does that sound like anything familiar to you? Does that sound like a Garden of Eden to you? Tropical rainforest that produces fruit in every season. I believe that's the way we're supposed to live. Equatorial climate. On the equatorial belt. Is characterized by mild winds, very small annual temperature fluctuations, and abundant precipitation. Very mild temperature alterations and abundant precipitation. Rain and heat year-round, like the former and the latter rain together. The reaper overtakes the sower. Perfect conditions for vegetation. You know what that means, that verse, the reaper overtakes the sower? That means the seasons get all mixed up. You're literally reaping harvest while you're sowing harvest. It means you're in perpetual harvest. Are you with me? Perpetual harvest. All about your proximity. All about how you're positioning yourself to the sun. All about the steps that you're taking to plant your life in the best place that it can produce fruit. Lasting fruit. Jesus said, I would that you be hot or cold rather than lukewarm where he spews you out. I believe the, ther the seraphims around the throne that say, holy, holy, holy. I talk about that all the time. I believe every time they make another pass, they just see new dimensions of his glory, and they're like, oh, 
holy. Holy goodness. Woo. Because their whole world is like this equatorial belt. Just circling the holiness of God. Focused. Unmoved. It's what they're focused on that continues to give them glory to glory revelation over and over again, deeper and deeper and deeper. I believe seasons are illegal in the kingdom. Should be no seasons. We, we give seasons. I told you all a story. I was mowing one time. And I had been crying out to God about my winter season. Why, oh God, am I in a winter season? And I'm mowing the yard one day and mowing somebody's yard. I was mowing yards, driving the bus. And I was like, when is this season going to be over? I don't want to drive a school bus and mow yards. The rest of my life, you put this other stuff in my heart I want to do. And he spoke to me. He said, I didn't, t- I didn't call your season winter. You did. I never said this was winter season. You did. I don't even talk about seasons. It's illegal for you to call a season when I said it's a season of harvest. You're looking at the wrong things. You're looking at the wrong determining factors and you've come to a conclusion which is contrary to my conclusion. But since you have a choice, then it will be as you say. Enjoy the winter. (laughs) So if you're in a winter, you might want to recheck that. I don't care if it's corona season. I don't care if you're disappointed about election results or or the unelection results. What season are you identifying with? So I stumbled on this thing. I didn't stumble. I sought it out. Which environmental factors... Affect a person's UV exposure. Man, I got it. Literally, everything up to this point is set up, and I've got like 15 minutes left. Which environmental factors affect a person's UV exposure? And I'd like to restate that. Which kingdom factors affect a person's sun light exposure? What kingdom factors affect a person's sunlight exposure? The very first one they talk about is time of year. And time of day. Time of year and time of day. UV levels vary mainly with the height of the sun, the sky, and the mid-latitudes of the highest during the summer months, during the four-hour period and solar noon. During these times, the sun's rays take the most direct path to the earth. In contrast, during early morning or late afternoon hours, the sun's rays pass at a greater angle through the atmosphere. Much more UV radiation is absorbed and less reaches the earth. Blah. All you need to know is there's times, obviously, there's seasons in how it works. And I would say I've spent a lot of time in my life trying to make sure I wasn't religious. Because I did not like religion. I got burnt out on religion. Things I've rejected in my youth because I learned them in a religious way are becoming more and more central as I see that following hymns brings back the things that once seemed religious. But now they're out of desire and joy. I'll break that down just a little bit. My dad was in the mafia. And my dad was a police officer. And my dad was an overachiever and a perfectionist. So... Now, I've, I've, you guys don't know, but at the funeral, what I talked about, there was a plan, and the plan was a man. And what God did, he could only do through my dad to establish a path 
for the course of our family. And my dad had to be the way that he was to get us from where he got us from to where he got us to. He couldn't have been me in my, oh. It had to be a man that just was regimented and at times religious because it took that to get him from there to where he got us to. And then he made a place for us where we could operate in more freedom and had a greater revelation and understanding of dimension because he got us to a place. We started from a different place than he started from. And I'm eternally grateful. So I'm not speaking anything negative about my father. But a lot of things that I was taught were taught to me in a regimented way. If we did not pray before a meal, we were scolded strongly. So I'll raise my kids. Sometimes we don't pray before a meal. A lot of times we pray after meal. And I'll say, man, that was an awesome meal. Let's thank God for this meal. And I did that. I just wanted to make sure my kids did things because they wanted to. I didn't want to just push everything so hard. There's a lot more things that throughout my youth I rejected and said it's not that way. You guys know I don't make jabs about some of the ways I dress and not a suit and tie and some of the things we do here. We all want to lower the bar and I believe in all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, some things are coming more central. There are times. There is, it is amazing. One thing that it called him was what kind of strategist? Uh, extraordinary strategist. I think in our attempts to not be religious, we've thrown out everything. And you know what? We do a lot of things religiously. But we can't do anything for God religiously because that's a totally different religious, Right? But we'll, we'll, we'll do, I'll, I'll pick on Nolan because he knows, is he in here? Nolan's picked up disc golf here recently and he loves it and is doing it amazing. And I'd say he's doing disc golf religiously. He loves it. We don't mind being religious about a lot of things. But we don't want to ever be tied down to anything that has to do with God because that would totally mean that it's not just loving God. But I don't know about anybody else, but on this thing that's spinning, I find myself without doing some things religiously and some set in stone things, having intentions of doing some things to meditate on the sun for a moment, but I've spun four times and didn't even know it was there. So you know what? Every time you eat would be a great time to give thanks and make sure you reflect on the goodness of God. We all eat religiously. But don't pray religiously. That'd be, that'd be terrible. See what I'm saying? Oh, man, don't be talking about setting aside certain hours of the day to read the Bible. Now, you're just putting a yoke on me. I need to do it when I feel like it. I need to do it when the Spirit moves me. I need to do it when it's, you know, blah, 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 blah. Let me, let me know. You'll call me one day. It happens all the time. Hey, I need to talk. The sun left. All the time. I don't know. I don't know, Michael. No, he's there. I just saw him a little while ago. You just ain't looked at him in about six months. And now you forgot where he's at. We need to do some things religiously. Extraordinary strategist he is. But come on, seriously. If he crushed the sun, made it do this stuff, if anything happens a second off of that, it doesn't work, do you think he may have some intention of having some design time with his children to shine on them? So if you want to live in close proximity, I believe that you got to set some times. 
Set some times. Set some foundations. Proverbs 8, 17. In the King James, it says, I will show, I don't even have it in front of me, but it says, I'll show, uh, I don't know it from King James. Here's what it says in the Passion. <laughs> I will show my love to those who passionately love me, for they will search and search continually until they find me. King James says, all I wanted to point out was it says they'll, that they'll find me when they search for me early. That's why I didn't use that version. But it does point out a time in the King James, but I, I just I, I believe it's any time as you're continually searching for him. You're making some time. You gotta stand for something or you'll fall for anything. You've got to point some parameters in your life that says this is a time, this is a place. Man, I've heard some powerful teaching on prayer closets and prayer rooms and actually making places and things that I just threw away younger. I'm beginning to see more and more. It can't become a brazen serpent, but it sure can be a marking place. So, hey, whether you like it or not, your time equates to your proximity to and your exposure to the sun. Latitude. UV levels are higher, closer to the equator. Closer to the equator, the sun's rays have a shorter distance to travel through the atmosphere and therefore less of the harmful UV radiation can be absorbed. The equator, equatorial belt, a geographical belt of the earth located on both sides of the equator. I've already told you, look, you know they call it the North Pole and the South Pole? And if you live there, you're bipolar. <laughs> now, I'm not wanting to pick on anybody. I know there's genuine issues. And I also know there's genuine devils. And I also know that his desire would be for all of us to always lose our mind and be up one day and down the next day. I know it's God's desire that our mind be steadfast in peace. But if you get off that equator and you get up on one of those north and south poles, you know up towards the north pole, they don't even have, they don't have sunlight half the year. Huh? See what I'm saying? Where we position ourselves? I'm getting on that equatorial belt. You know what happens to be a belt in Scripture? Ephesians 6, 14, put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Put on the belt of truth. I believe the equatorial belt is a belt of truth. If you want to live in close proximity to the sun, you need to be living in the truth. Get off the North Pole. Get off the South Pole. Get in the truth. Get off what Facebook says and your mama says and get in the truth. Get off what everybody else is trying to do and get in the truth. Live in the truth. Psalm 119, 105, true shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. I don't know what to do. Get in the truth. Proverbs 4, 18, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. That's what it's like running on the equator. In the Passion it says, But the lovers of God walk on the highway of light, and their way shines brighter and brighter until the, they bring forth the perfect day. So we got time. Time matters. Latitude matters. Your proximity to the truth matters. Well, it's just the grace of God. I can live any old way. I don't have to have any type of thing governing my life. Well, good luck with that. It's going to be dark a lot. 
Altitude. Altitude. Y'all know what altitude is? That's your height. With increasing altitude, less atmosphere is available. I love scientific terms. You know, they have to say everything scientific. If you're closer to the sun, you get more sun. With increasing altitude, less atmosphere is available to absorb UV radiation. With every 1,000 meters in altitude, UV levels increase by approximately 10%. You come on up 10,000 feet and increase your proximity to the sun by 100%. He said, come on up higher. Now, I'm not the worship pastor, but I'm going to teach on some worship for a minute if I can. I believe that the way we come up higher is a couple of things. I believe, and I believe sometimes we, we, we can overdo one or the other. I think praise and worship are essential, and I'm going to tell you why. I think high praise and worship are essential. And, and Pastor Tom Sturbins, he's an he's a amazing worshiper and student of worship, and I hope he doesn't watch this because I may botch it. Just my own little thoughts. But high praise, magnifying him, exalting him, lifting up the name of Jesus is just extolling praise, just just amazing praise. There's not a lot of what I'm doing, you know. Open eyes of my heart, Lord. That's not high praise. You know, that's not high praise. Just you are marvelous, we exalt you. You know, high praise. Are you with me? Just putting him in his high place. That's number one. And I've seen, man, I've been places open, you know, all that the whole time. And it's like, we just sat up singing about ourselves for four hours. I need some, come on. I want to. I want to. I want to just make declaration. That's our battle. I want to. I want to blow a trumpet in Zion. You know. Come on. I want to do. So. so we gotta lift him up. Lift him up. Lift him up. You can't elevate yourself with him if you don't even know he's elevated. <laughs> We're seated with him in heavenly places, but if we think he's down here walling around just as scared as we are, sometimes that's what those worship sessions turn into. We got this, Lord, like an old drinking buddy. <laughs> Us three are our friends in the Lord walking out here with our heads down. But we're close as ever. We're depressed together. <laughs> Come on. He ain't down here with us wallowing around in anything. We're up there with him if we choose to be. And he is high and lifted up. And his train fills the temple. So I believe we've got to exalt him. We've got to lift him up. Michael Jester, I love your high praise. I love your high praise. Breaker praise. We need high praise. And we need to put him in his place. And then I believe we need to shape our work, which is worship. See, once we put him there, then we say, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. And we just, oh, what? You want to see me? There's only one way to do that. Come on, I'm answering your prayer right now. Come on. Come on up. Sometimes we're like, come down here, Lord. I want to see you. Come on. High praise and worship. High praise and worship. What do we do in response to how great he is? What is that doing to our situation? What is that doing to our circumstance? What is that doing to who we are because of who he is? And I believe that we come up higher.
and we leave with us and three of our buddies with arms around him above the world. And we stay focused on him and the world keeps spinning and we're not even spinning anymore. It's all just below us. We're at an elevated place. And he never moves and we never move. And we have no seasons and we have no anything. We're just seated with him. And we just see everything differently. We see politics differently. We see everything differently. Everything differently. We're with him. And we're working and we're moving. Let me tell you something. I believe Luke chapter 10, 18, Jesus replied, While you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. This was just a little add-on, and I probably shouldn't have took time because I'm already late. But I believe with all my heart that Satan was a good high praiser. But he had his worth all shaped that he was as good as God, better than God. Right? And I believe he's high praising, high praising, and then he tries to start ascending and he got too close to the sun and he fell like lightning he blew up I believe it like sticking your finger in a I don't have a good electric analogy Josh what not a little one it had to be a big one right 5,000 volt transformer does that work grabbing a hold of a 10,000 volt train I'll take it up take it up since you said it was good Grabbing a hold of a 10,000-volt transformer. Come on, we're the same. Let's put our arms around each other. No, we ain't the same, boy. <laughs> Fall like lightning. <laughs> you got me high. You right, but you ain't with me. But Psalms 24 says, It takes one that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to deceit and has not sworn deceitfully he will receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. That's who can stand in his holy place. That's who can ascend the hill of the Lord. So it's about our time. It's about our latitude. It's about our altitude. What about clouds and haze? Be careful not to underestimate the amount of UV radiation passing through the clouds. I love that. You ever gone out on a, sun, on a cloudy day at the beach and get fried? Come on. That's how we live our life. We're out here. He's sending through plenty of UV rays still, but we see the crowds and we're depressed. This is scientific. This wasn't me. They said be careful not to underestimate. I tell you today, be careful not to underestimate the strength of God that's coming through the clouds. Don't get so focused on the clouds that you don't realize that he's still coming through. UV levels are highest under cloudless skies. Scientists are brilliant. And cloud cover generally reduces a person's exposure. However, light or thin clouds have little effect. Light or thin clouds have little effect. Come on, quit letting the light, thin clouds block out the sun in your life. He's still coming through. You're just not paying attention. You've said it's winter. It's cloudy today. It's a sunny day. It's going to be a rough week. Don't be fooled by an overcast day or a cool breeze. Even a long stay in open shade may give sensitive people sunburn on a day with high UV levels. Be sensitive people. Let's be sensitive people to the things of the Spirit. We don't check out when we see a cloud. Well, this probably ain't a good day to do anything. This probably ain't a good day to go outside. This probably ain't going to be the day for the miracle. This probably ain't going to be the day I get that sun. I get that breakthrough. It just doesn't look good. It doesn't look right. I don't think everything's working for me. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. So no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner man is being renewed every single day. We view our slight, say slight, Short-lived troubles in light of eternity. 
We see our difficulties as a substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison. I'm still getting the sun. I'm still, I'm still shining bright. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but what is not seen. I can't see the sun through the clouds, but I know it's still getting through. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I'm about done. I know we're late. Ozone. We hear a lot about the ozone. Ozone depletion is caused by human-made chemicals released into the atmosphere. Ozone absorbs some of the UV radiation that would otherwise reach the Earth's surface. Ozone levels vary over the year and even across the day. Don't make this the video, Paul. Here's going to be my most layman statement of the day, my most ignorant. That doesn't mean it's not right. It just means it's unfounded educationally. But I just read that you know that this thing, according to scientists, the sun, it will burn out. That, that it will burn out. Does anybody, everybody know that's what scientists say? One day it will burn out. Like six billion years from now, it's going to burn out. That's what they say. Now, how cool is this? The Bible says that there will be no light. But only he'll be the light. Isn't that crazy? But they say, they actually say it's halfway burnt out right now. Now, just think about this. This is going to sound crazy. This isn't a political statement. But if the sun is halfway done burning out, what does that mean the next half is going to continually do? It's going to decrease, which is light and heat. And the ozone takes some of that. So I'd say we need less ozone, <laughs> right? As the sun decreases, maybe the ozone is supposed to be decreasing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, please don't let the ozone decrease. Well, if it don't, we're going to freeze to death. Like a thermostat, we're moderating here. A little less ozone because it's getting a little less sun. feels hot today. That's okay. I'm taking down the ozone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nobody repeat that. This is just my random thoughts, okay? <clears throat> ozone depletion is caused by human-made chemicals released into the atmosphere. Satan is the prince and power of the air. He's in the atmosphere. We're unaware that he's there trying to steal the light. Daniel, in Daniel chapter 10, I believe, we see where Gabriel was, Daniel went into prayer and fasting, and it took 21 days for the angel Gabriel to get to him. And he said, I would have been here. I heard you the first day you prayed, but I got held up by the prince of Persia, and Michael had to come and help me. Mm. Huh? Yes, sir. So there's wars in the heavenlies. I like to think of that as the ozone that the light's having to pass through. How do we dissipate ozone? Human-made chemicals released into the atmosphere. You know what a human-made chemical is? Tears. You know what another human-made chemical is? If you'll go with me a minute in the spirit, it's oil that comes from crushing. Daniel prayed and he fasted. And it broke through. If we want to dissipate the ozone, we're going to have to pray and we're going to have to fast. 
We're going to have to endure crushing for anointing to come out, for authority to come out. Leviticus 24, I, didn't, I never realized this before. Leviticus 24, 1 through 4. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Command the sons of Israel that they bring to you clear oil from beaten olives for the light to make the lamp burn continually. Is that just another one of those things that everybody knows I didn't know? Did everybody know that olive oil can be burned? I've always talked about the crushing and the oil coming out, but it actually is an accelerant for the light. We want to dissipate the ozone. We're going to have to submit ourselves to some consecration, to some perseverance and some crushing, some determined, man, this is a legalistic sermon today. He wants us to commit time and pray and fast. Woo, where'd the grace go? <laughs> God help us to fast and to pray consecrate ourselves to bring breakthrough in the heavenlies to bring breakthrough in realms of darkness attempting to steal the light I'm going to close with this one ground reflection UV radiation is reflected or scattered to varying extents by different surfaces snow can reflect as much as 80% of UV radiation that's why you can get sunburned and snow blind in the snow. Dry beach sand about 15% and sea foam about 25%. <clears throat> Forsake not assembling together with other believers. Because how much sun you get determines what's around, is determined by what's around you. Stand up with me if you will. It's important that we surround ourselves with good reflectors of the sun because ground reflection affects what we're able to get and how much UV is able to come. God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the invitation I believe that you're giving us to live in an equatorial belt of truth. An equatorial region, an equatorial elevation, an equatorial latitude. I thank you for the invitation. Where there's a place where there's not drastic season change and there's not drastic temper change and we're not like a wave in the ocean tossed to and fro, never knowing which way's up and which way's down, but we're steady, focused on you. Turn your eyes. Can y'all just come? We'll just close with that today, Jahan. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Can we walk through? I'm going to open my notes back up. Let's just walk through and consecrate ourselves to these things today. God, we just consecrate to set time aside. God, whatever's in us that holds at arm length, anything that seems religious or, or too, uh, too logistical and too, we think it makes it less spiritual, God, would you just begin to hammer away at whatever that is in us, that root of rebellion, really, that just causes us to want to throw away faithfulness and consistency and would you just birth in us a desire a desire to value so high and to consecrate a time for you God we thank you for the invitation to live in truth but we want to build our life on truth but would you just right now illuminate anything in my life that is not walking in truth, anything in my life that I am just leaning to my own understanding and leaning to other people's understanding 
And God, would you just show me, illuminate truth to me. Show me the way. God, would you just renew high praise in your body, in your family, in your people. Lord, will we constantly, whatsoever things are pure and holy and good report, let us focus on those things. Let us lift you high. Let us not magnify our problems, but let us magnify the problem solver. Let us not tell you how big our problem is, but let us tell our problem how big our God is. Let us magnify you and let us be shaped our worth in you. Let's change our altitude. God, let us not be distracted by clouds and haze, temporary light afflictions, but let us put our confidence and our faith in you. God, we want to be a people of prayer, a people of intercession, people of consecration, a people that win wars in the heavenlies. Let us be that people. Let us be that people. Let us be that people. And God, I pray that you would give us strategic connections. Come on, I'm not just praying this out loud. I was leading this all through it. Would you just pray, God, would you just give us strategic connections? Strategic connections that your light would be magnified through those around us. We need strategic connections. Strategic connections in Jesus' name. Now, can we just close today by singing this Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Redemption Life.